new crew, NYC, in Brooklyn, still here. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Josine Anderson, host of The Crew, and we are here for episode 17, a special Thanksgiving edition. And oh, by the way, VIP in our crew crib, somebody you're very familiar with on the other side, Brian Erlacher back in the building, y'all. We are gonna talk about everything under the sun when it comes to his Cowboys coming off just a very dominating win. And also, we got Brian Costello, Jets writer from the New York Post to set us up, set us up on all of the Jets talk rather with what's going on with Zach Wilson should he be benched and all that other stuff and then we're going to talk to KJ Wright his boy Russell Wilson what is going on with Denver Darren McKee also radio host in Denver going to jump in as well let us know should Nathaniel Hackett be one and done so we got so much to go and also a very special guest at the end as well before we get started always let you know you can find out our podcast on the Odyssey app you can download it there and go to the U URL www.thecrewnyc.com. That's where you can watch us on YouTube. But without further delay, let's get on to the crew call. Well, look who it is. Brian Erlacher back in the... Erlacher, Hall of Fame. Hey, hold on. Damn, is that... So that's the Hall of Fame room in the in the, in the, in the, uh, in the mansion. Oh, is that the, the Hall of the, Fame? In the mansion. This is the one little area I get in my house where I get to put some of my memorabilia. So I got the fake bust right there and the three footballs I got when I when I played. That yeah, I actually yeah. Played I, said, well. I know that's the only part you probably have. Like, there's probably... 1,500 square feet of just accolades in that room right there. Nah, they're in a storage room. I got rid of them all. I'm, I'm old news, man. My kids don't, no one cares about me anymore around here. So I get to get my little oh. air space right here. It's, that's the way I like it. That's the way I like it, though. It's good. All right. Hey, listen, Brian, um, I, I'm very surprised because with the way that Morris's Eagles uh, have been playing, you know, that that his head right now can be contained in this box because you know that they've Same. been playing yeah. extremely well. So we want to definitely get into that. But before we get into who's the beast of the East right now between your team, the Cowboys, between uh, Morris's team, the Eagles, let's talk about Monday Night Football and yeah. what happened last night in Mexico. So we're gonna go straight to crew headlines. All right, y'all, 49ers win this one 38 to 10. The cards are now four and seven, but Jimmy Garoppolo has a standout performance with four touchdowns and zero interceptions after he almost wasn't even the starter for the team. It took an injury to the rookie for Jimmy to even be here. Morris, what do you think about how the uh, 49ers stomped on the Cardinals last night? Listen, listen, I'm afraid of the 49ers. There are two teams in the NFC as an Eagles fan I'm, I'm at absolutely petrified of. Uh, one is the Cowboys, and we'll get into that later, but the other one is the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's only been to a Super Bowl. He was just only in the NFC Championship game last year. And, oh, by the way, they did add uh, Christian McCaffrey. They have players coming back on defense. The 49ers are a very, very scary team right now. And um, and I personally, I've always been a fan of Garoppolo. I don't really see why a lot of people don't like him. Maybe because he doesn't scramble. Maybe because he's a good-looking dude. I don't know. But I'm, I'm That's a fan. Right. I'm a fan of them. <laughs> I'm a big Jimmy G guy as well. Um, you're, you're right, Morris. I, I'd be scared of them too if I was uh, had the number one seed right now. They looked good last night. 
they um so Shanahan spreads the ball over the place, you know, with McCaffrey jumping in there now. Um uh, Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell yeah. and he's back healthy again. He's a beast. Um, you know, Jimmy G, I, I like you said, he's been to the Super Bowl, he's been to the NFC Championship game. But I don't understand why people don't give him the clout he deserves. I mean, the dude, the dude when people talk about his numbers being bad, his winning and loss numbers aren't bad. You know, he's, he's quite a few games above, above 500, but uh, yeah, I would be real nervous uh, in the NFC if I was a team playing them. Yeah. Well, doubt. you know what it is, too, is because people wanted them to move on with Trey Lance. It's like, I feel like they were getting spoiled in San Francisco, even though he's been to a couple NFC championships. As I was talking to Jed York in uh, at the owners meetings, and I was telling him, don't get rid of Jimmy G, because 25, 27 million is not a lot to have to pay for a starter. And I felt like he was incredible insurance, and Trey Lance still hadn't proved anything. So to me, this has worked out great for them. Mexico, uh, where they were playing the game last night, were treating the uh, 49ers like royalty. I saw in the uh, newspapers this morning they said that they were really feeding off of the crowd and oh by the way Brian Erlacher the 49ers defense uh, had their third straight game of pitching a second half shutout what do you think of that yeah. defense right now with D'Amico Ryan leading them D'Amico I remember playing against D'Amico back in the day I saw him uh, I didn't know he was a D coordinator until this year I saw him on TV I was like Man, I know that guy <laughs> I mean, he's doing a great job. He, he's they better take advantage of it while I can because he's not going to be there much longer. He's going to be a head coach soon. They're, they got some players on defense too. You know, you look at Bosa, obviously. Um, um, Fred Warner is a good player. Yeah. Their secondary is awesome. Uh, the kid that came over from uh, Kansas City, number Tart, or no, I'm sorry, not Tart. Is it Ward, right? Mm -hmm. Tarverius yeah, Ward. Tarverius, yeah. Yep. That dude's on He's a great tackler. Good, good coverage guy. Um, they just got guys on every level that get to the football. So really quickly, though, what do you think about Cliff Kingsbury? Is it is this a fair year to assess him when D. Hopkins missed the first six games? And obviously he was not with his best player, but then people were tweeting at me, but he's back now. They're not winning with them now. So, uh, so Brian, if, if you're the uh, GM or if you're making a decision on Cliff Kingsbury, has he shown you enough? I mean, they were 5-10-1 in his first year, 8-8 eight eight the second year, 11-6 last year, and they went to the wild card but lost. And right now, though, they're 4-7. and seven. It's so hard, but when you have injuries, like you said, you know, uh, Kyler Murray hasn't played the last couple games. And we live in Arizona, so we get all the Arizona Cardinals news. It's just tough because gosh, they have so many good players on that team. When you look at their their roster, especially on defense, they got some dudes that can play, but they just haven't. They don't show up. You know, they get they were down. I think the first three or four games they were down by ten points in every game. They came back and won one of them. But yeah, I, I think Cliff might be on the hot seat pretty soon. Um, you know, Kyler's not helping the situation with the. You, you see the rift kind of go on the sideline between those. We see it all the time here in Arizona. They always show those two on the on the sideline getting after it. So. I don't know. It's tough, man. You know, you always want to blame the coaches, but the players have to make plays as well. Morris? Yeah, I have to agree. I, I we, we agree mm -hmm. with uh B. Lacker. I, I think that Cliff is on a hot seat and 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 unfortunately, rightfully so. Um, you know, he's he, he's had uh control of the team for the last three years. And when you are kind of beefing with your quarterback publicly on, on the sidelines like that, that's not really a good look and it hey, goes to question. I was laughing a little bit. But, well, you know, it goes to question the chemistry. And mm. and they started out – this year they started off slow, but the past couple of years they started off hot and then kind of fizzled towards the end. So you have to wonder, maybe he's still figuring figuring that, figuring that out, figuring it out to, you know, being a head coach. Um, but they've kind of faded. They faded last year towards the end. I think they started 8-0 or something like that, and they faded. So it's one of those things to where, you know, when you're not winning games, you have to you have to question the coach and the quarterback. So Morris here, though, let me ask you this, because you said he's had three years. But in those three years, though, 
in those three years, he went from five wins to eight wins to 11 wins. I think that's great. I, I do. I, I think it's. I think it's great. This. How can you say he's had? He was in in the three years before they they progressively got better though. Well, listen. I mean, I am a fan of giving people time. Mm -hmm. But when we look at what some of the coaches have done, I mean, I know they had you know situation. Look at the coach in Minnesota. I mean, look what look what the coach uh, the coach did in Cincinnati. Look what the coach did in, in with the Rams. I mean, these coaches have kind of turned these programs around. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, he has the guy. He has his guy at quarterback. Yes. Um, and, you, and I would expect a little bit more consistency. But listen, I'm a fan. I, I watch from the sidelines. I know it's a very, very challenging job. You know, I'm, I'm the main one to tell everybody, you know, this isn't Madden football to where, you know, you plug on, you play a season and you're, oh, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm ignoring my season and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I, I know it's challenging, but, you know, they're not handing out, you know, million dollar bags to just anybody. You know, it's a tough, it's a tough game. You know, he's a, he's a coach. He's run, he calls the plays, but they're handing a million dollar backs to the other teams who have, who play defense, other defensive coordinators. It's a tough, tough racket. Well, listen, other than when they played your Eagles and at the end of the game, he didn't Which realize that they didn't pick overtime. Oh, yeah, didn't didn't realize that it, they didn't pick up the first down. You know, that was the biggest kind of coaching faux pas that stood out to me. But just like you mentioned with Jimmy G, I don't know if he gets a little hate because of his looks and things like that. The man has improved by three, four wins each time other than this year, and it's not over. But we move on to who is the beast of the East because we still got Brian Costello standing by to talk about those New York Jets. But before we get to that really quickly, because I got the both of you on here, yes. Morris, your Eagles, Brian, your Cowboys. Yeah. What what team is the beast of the East right now when Brian's team is coming off such a dominating performance against the Vikings? Brian, defend your team. Well, the Eagles are the beast of the East right now. I mean, you look at um, the nine and one. They just have. Hey, I don't care what anyone says about you know the seventeen sixteen win at Indy. Winning on the road is hard in the NFL. You know they came back and found a way to win that game. Didn't have their best. They found a way to win. I'm not going to talk about the hiccup versus the Redskins the week before because you know I um, you know sometimes those those bumps in the road happen during the season. Okay. But uh, the Cowboys, man, you know, I can talk about last week, but I'm, oh, no, I got kicked out again. No, no you're, you're in. in. You're in. Oh, man, okay. You guys yeah, just yeah. went blind. Okay. Uh -huh. um, oh, man, okay. I, got booed, I thought I got booted off again. Um, <laughs> you look at the Cowboys, what they did last week, but then I look at what they did the week before versus Green Bay. That was disappointing because they had a 28-14 lead in the second half, and those last two drives for the Packers, they just marched right down the field through that great defense that we have at, a, at Dallas. Um I'm still very happy about the way the Cowboys are playing, but you know, you, you look at situations like that, and you know, how vulnerable are they in the secondary? So um, it's going to be good. They're, they're headed for a collision course there at the end of the season when they play each other again. Well, Rex Ryan was on first take, and he said that your team has had the single no, no, no. most dominating performance of the uh, year so far. But Morris, go ahead, talk about your team. Nine and one, though you uh, barely beat the Colts, 17 to 16. And because Jordan Davis went down, you had to go shopping for Indomitian Sue and Limbaugh right. Joseph. Go ahead. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we're leading the NFC East right now. Mm. Um, but I can't say that we're the best team. You know, mm. we, we, may mm. have, we may have the best record, but... The Cowboys, are, look, they're a very scary team. I think I, I called it, if we go back on the tape, I felt that their defense was going to relax a little bit. I think the defense stepped up when Dak went out. The defense mm. said, hey, we need yeah. to put the game on our shoulders. They stepped up a little bit. And I called. I was like, I feel they're going to regress just a little bit and relax a little bit when Dak comes back, and that's what happens. At the end of the day, 
Um, are they as good as what they – are the Vikings as bad as what they played last week? No. Are the Cowboys as good as what they played last week? I don't know. Probably not. But I can tell you this. I think in a playoff situation, Dallas is an extremely scary team. Extremely scary. Them in San Francisco. And honestly, I don't think we beat if, – if we happen to get lucky and beat Dallas, the, the next game in Dallas, we're not going to beat them in the playoffs. We're not going to beat this team three times. The Eagles are just not that good. They're just not. I don't care what the record is. They're not good enough to beat that Cowboy team three games in a row. Um, and so mm. there, I think in in one game situation, yeah, I think that Cowboy team can beat any team in the league. Period. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Earl Lacker, your team might get scarier. OBJ Ooh. potentially oh, waiting yo. in the wings alongside C.D. Lamb Bryan. Do you want OBJ? And what is your team going to look like if you do get him? Do I want? Of course, I want OBJ. You know, before he got hurt last year in the Super Bowl, he was tearing up the uh, the Bengals. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you put him on any team if, if he's healthy and, and what he was before he got hurt. Man, he's going to be trouble. So, of course, I'd like to have him back there. You look what Tony Pollard did last mm-hmm. week in the receipt, rushing the ball, catching the ball. Zeke's still there. You know that running game with that two headed monster they got in the backfield. Plus, you throw in OBJ at receiver, like you said, CD got some good tight ends. Um, they, they could be a force. You know, Dak finally got some weapons around him uh, this year. You know, they've had him in the past, but some more weapons this year to do some damage down the field. I'll say this. If they sign OBJ, they're the clear-cut favorite, clear-cut to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC over the Eagles, over the 49ers. I, I think feel like you're good. setting us up for like, oh, man, I, there's the, they had the best team and then they made no, it to the Super no, Bowl. No, I feel no, like no. you're doing that to me, Morris, right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, this year, in the past, you know, that may have been the case, B, but yeah. your defense right now with the way Micah Parsons is playing oh, right now, you, and we talk about every level, you guys yeah. have every level. Can it's, we talk about how good Micah is? Huh? Yeah, can go ahead real quick. We still got Brian Costello oh, waiting to come in, but go ahead. He, he, no, 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 go ahead. Talk about Micah. Go Defensive ahead. player of the year. The dude's unbelievable. And he, I watch him play, and I, I make my son watch him because he runs to the ball every single play. He does not take a playoff. You watch some of these games where these, these superstar defensive players, like the ball's thrown and they jog. My man, my, when the ball's thrown, Micah turns and sprints to the ball every play. You got to appreciate that as, as a fan, as a player. Uh, it's, just, it's unreal how he's much just, he loves just, to play the game. He's a straight-up game changer. And I'm just going to say yes. this. As soon as they – if they announce that they sign OBJ – I want you guys to get some bail money ready for me because I'm going to meet him at the airport and do a Nancy Kerrigan. I'm not letting OBJ get to Dallas. You mean Tanya Harding? You up here targeting Nancy Kerrigan? Yes, Well, look, really quickly, I just added to that uh, news reporting that the Cowboys, at least as of now, are expecting OBJ uh, to visit uh, early December. I'll just leave it at that because that's where I'm supposed to uh, leave it. But also, uh, and right now they're also expecting a visit to happen before that. Presumably that would be the uh, Giants, but we'll see. But one of the things potentially impacting that, you know, that Wendell Robinson just went down with the ACL. So now the Giants have a bigger need for wide receiver. We'll see if they step up their efforts, but they do have still the issue with that slip film uh, turf that's been an issue for a lot of the players that are getting injuries. But without further ado, we are going to go into the crew crib and welcome in Brian Costello to talk about those debts. And remember, you can always download and subscribe to the crew.
All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We bring in Brian Costello, Jets beat writer for the New York Post, to talk about what in the heck is going on with the New York Jets. Brian, there's always drama. Yesterday, I saw all the Jets beat writers talking about Robert Sala's always on time for a presser. It's 30 minutes out. It's an hour out. It's an hour and a half out. Y'all were getting all dramatic. And then he came in, but you guys were right. Something was shaking in the building. And then for the first time in the season, he was not committed to Zach Wilson. Brian Costello, first of all, welcome to the crew. Thanks for having me, Josina. Great to be here. Lots to talk about. Good, yes, you got good timing. Yes, good timing. Set up the scene. What is going on? What was your reaction to Robert Sala not being committal to Zach Wilson for the first time? And also what Zach Wilson said in the presser, which wasn't very much about his own performance. Yeah, with Sala, I thought he had to do something yesterday. I didn't think he could come in and just go status quo. And it's not about the media. It's not about fans. It's about looking at the other 52 guys on his team and saying, we're trying to win. We're trying to get to the playoffs. Now, I don't know if he'll make a move. I don't know if he'll necessarily bench Zach. I think he just had to send a message like, hey, this guy's not on scholarship anymore. We're, mm. we're, we're considering something. And then Zach postgame, <laughs> my reaction was, dude, just say yes. Like, even if you don't believe it, just say yes. Like, it was an easy question. Do you think you let the defense down? Yes. It, there's nothing to lose there by saying yes. When you say no, ugh, like, it's just I knew how I was going to play in the locker room and uh, you know, I, I, the defense played so well Sunday and they've been playing so well all season and, and he's holding them back right now. Brian, 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 your reaction, especially as a menacing Hall of Fame linebacker that has the legacy that you do. If you would have had that type of defensive performance in your quarterback, Zach Wilson would have came up in there and said, no, he doesn't think that he was a uh, impact in how they played or what the results of the game was. What would have been your response? Well, as a defensive player, you've got to hold them to one less point than the offense scores. That's all there is to it. That's our mindset. That was our mindset in defense at Chicago. But having said that, when your quarterback steps into the presser and says, you know, he, he didn't text, text no blame for scoring three points or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what he said. He said no, basically. <laughs> yeah. But And I played with so many quarterbacks. There weren't great quarterbacks who stood up and said, we got to play better. We scored 13 points. The defense gave up 14. We got to score 15. That's just what you do. It's a team. You know, you always step up there and say, whatever we did, we got to play better because we didn't win the game. And you don't just jump there and say, no. That's just, I don't, I don't understand how he can even believe what he said. You know, and I know he's a young kid, but you just can't go up there and say that. And the, the locker room, I'm sure the defensive guys were not happy about that. And the offensive guys couldn't have been happy either. They, they know they got to play better. So, that, Brian, that, how would you have handled that? I wouldn't have had to. We have a we had a center named Olin Krutz on our team that would have uh, taken care of that situation. So I don't think our quarterback ever would have said that. First oh. of all, because they understand the consequences that come along with that. But I wouldn't have had to say anything because we had a guy on offense that would handle most of that for us. Go ahead, Morris. Now, that being said, I got I got a question for Erlacher and Costello. But let me go with Erlacher first since he just, yeah. just described. So tell me how that is because for so many – back in the early 90s, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense was very dominating, and we had a we had a struggle on offense. And you've had, like you say, you had a couple quarterbacks that you know they were they were they were cool, but they weren't you know they weren't really moving the needle. How does that affect a defense to know you go out there and you can dominate a game, and um, knowing that you have to pick it up for your quarterback, and then for him to come out and say that does it affect you going into the next week mm. game? Because how is it to where you know that? Okay, it's one thing to 
to dominate a game like that and then hmm. everybody on offense say, yeah, we got to get better. But hmm. then for them not to feel that they need to get better or it doesn't seem like they feel like they need to, he, he needs to play better, um, how's that, how, do you, how does that affect you guys going into the next week's game or does it? It doesn't. So as a defensive player, your mindset, like I said, is to hold them to as few, less points than you, than you score as a team. That's it. That's all there is to it. Doesn't matter what the quarterback says. Our mindset, if we need to score on defense, let's score on defense. That way we can win the game. And we did that in Chicago a bunch of times. We had, we'd scored seven, eight touchdowns a year there for a while. But for him to say that, you know, I don't think he believes that, honestly. There's no way. I think, you know, you walk into those press conferences and you're already mad because you lost 10 to 3 or however they lost, and you didn't play well. And you're just waiting. You know someone's going to ask a dumb, not a dumb question, but a question you're not going to be happy with, and you give the one-word answers. I did the one-word answers for a while. It didn't work out good for me either. Um, so I just feel like he, he doesn't believe what he said. There's no way he can believe that they didn't affect that they think they played good enough for him to win the game. There's just he can't believe that as as a quarterback in the NFL. So, okay. Now, now I have a question for for Costello now. Yeah. Hey, hey Brian, hi. Thanks for joining the show, man. Thanks for having oh, me. Yeah. So tell me now. So it feels like the last few games uh, that uh, the quarterback hasn't really won. It's been everything's been placed on your defense. Do you feel like it needs to be? You said that that Stalin needs to make a change. Do you think he needs to change right now to Flacco? Or do would you still give? I mean, because right now you're right in the playoff mix, and it feels like a veteran quarterback who's making right decisions and not turning the ball over would be more effective right now than the current quarterback. So what, what do you is, – is, is, are people calling for Flacco? Do you think they should stick with the young young kid? What do you think? Well, the Jets fans love Mike White. Right, he and he's well, actually the number two right now. Flacco's sure. the number three, but oh, right, he, right, right. I remember why yeah, he saw some games for you guys. Yeah, well, he 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 beat Cincinnati last year and threw for four hundred and five yards. Right, it was a stunning game, and obviously the Bengals go on to the Super Bowl. So Jets fans saw that and are clamoring for Mike White. And, and, but you know, I I don't know which way Sal would go, White or Flacco. Flacco started the first three games. It was kind of eh, you know, you got what you expected from Joe Flacco. Now. The Jets' defense wasn't playing as well then as they are now. They kind of they, they kind of hit their stride in October. For me, they play the Bears this week. The Bears don't have Brian Urlacher in the middle anymore. This is a defense that you can do some stuff against. I give Zach a half. Let's see what he can do. And I might make it if, – if it's not going well, make a change at halftime. Like split some reps in practice this week. I think this is a game where he can do stuff – the Patriots have a very, very good defense, and he he played terribly, but they have a very good defense. The Jets have won five games with Zach Wilson at quarterback, so they can do it. He, he just has to manage the game and protect the ball, and he just – the first Patriots game, he turned the ball over. Then on Sunday, he just basically could do nothing against them. So they, they have to – I think let's see what he can do against the Bears. I think yesterday's thing was more of a message to the team by Salah mm -hmm. saying, you know, this guy – we 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 get it. We're we're this guy does no longer has you know he like I say no longer scholarship. Well, well, I think there's two questions then. A, so do you feel he's the best option to win right now? And B, do you think he's the future of the franchise? Yeah, that's the that's the crux, right? The answer to the A is no. I, I don't think he's the best option to win right now. But mm. but B is tough. B is, you know, they took him number two overall a year ago. Uh, are you ready to call it? Are you ready to say this isn't the guy? I don't think they are. Um, but, you know, I, what happened is this Jets team is a little bit ahead of schedule. I think they they I think they thought they could do some things this year, but next year was the year. Mm. Then all of a sudden this defense arrives, right? Yeah. Sauce Gardner plays like no rookie. Like I haven't seen a rookie, rookie DB play like that, right? He, he plays awesome. 
They the defensive line is they're getting sack after sack after sack. This defense arrived, and offensively they were doing some things too. At Brees Hall, he gets hurt, but they they now the quarterback is kind of behind schedule, and everybody else is ahead of schedule. So it, it's a tricky situation. So the future question is tough. Personally, I don't think he's the future. I don't know if the Jets are ready to say that yet. And I have one more question. It may be a tricky question for you. It feels like you say that uh, Zach has won five games in a row. And uh, sometimes you can win because of someone. And sometimes you can win in spite of someone. Um, and it's, it's particularly at the quarterback position. I would like to see someone. I would like to get a sense that they are a leader of, of men. And of yeah. course, as of the press conference, I didn't feel it didn't seem like that. But I'm not there every day. I'm not watching tape. I'm not in the locker room. Do you feel that those five games were because of or in spite of? I say they won around him, right? Because <laughs> they, they they didn't win because of him, for sure. The defense and the running game won those games. But he also wasn't turning the ball over. He wasn't killing them. So they weren't winning in spite of him. It wasn't like he was hurting them. And the Buffalo game, remember, he beat the Bills two weeks ago. And all he did in that game was he got the ball out of his hand really quickly he moved the move. They moved the ball efficiently. It was just efficient. The, the, the offense stayed in rhythm. It kept going. That's all he has to do. They do not need him to be Patrick Mahomes right now, but they can't have him <laughs> throwing for, you know, throw for 77 yards either. They're not going to win like that. And I watched that Bills game. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. He threw, he threw it well. You know, the, the, yeah. they were, they were in third and two, third and three, a bunch, and they kept throwing. He, he would scramble every once in a while. I was kind of annoyed because I was pulling for the Bills and he kept converting first downs was pissing me off, so I was I was kind of shocked at how well he was playing from what I'd heard about him. I didn't watch him play on TV yet until that game, so I was uh, kind of impressed with what he did that game, and then he did what he did on Sunday, and it was just the complete opposite. Now, was so, that the last yeah, game? Was that the last game with the running back? Was the running back? Uh, no, no, the running back was out. Brees Hall was out for that game. Okay. Yeah, so they – but they – but he, he was able – like – they they were able to – the short passing game that day was, was great, they, and they were able to do that. Now – Sunday, the Patriots' defense was dialed in. It was also – it was windy. Uh, I do think that affected the play calling a little okay. bit, and I think it affected some of his throws. But you're playing for the Jets. You're playing in the AFC East. you got to be able to play in wind. <laughs> it's going to yep. – you know, three of the four teams, you're going to have some windy games in December. So, that's so no Brian, really quickly, what defense are you more impressed with? The way that uh, Robert Sala has just kind of brought up this defense – um, obviously, you got the defensive coordinator and the uh, defensive backs coach there as well, too, or the way that the 49ers defense is just playing right now in all cylinders. D. Brian Urlacher? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm more impressed with what Salah's done because you look at mm. you look at the Niners, they got the big names out there. You know, they got – and D'Amico's done a great job, but they got a bunch of the big names out there on that defense. And you look at the uh, the Jets, and I don't know a lot of the Jets players. I know uh, Mosley's back this year. I know he's been banged up the last couple of years. You know who's playing great for him? Is, that, is it Sauce Gardner? Yeah. yeah. Man, that dude is good. Uh, so I shouldn't say maybe not been it, but they've uh, they've kind of had to prove themselves this year. Where the Niners, the Niners, you kind of expect them to do well, and the, the Jets, you weren't sure, but they've uh, they've been one of the biggest surprises in my mind on defense. The Jets, I'm gonna say the, the the Jets unequivocally. I mean, the, the Niners were just in the NFC Championship game and yeah, could have very well been in the, in the Super Bowl. And yes. I think it's, it's it's refreshing to see a team like the Jets, that whole division just even challenged the Patriots. Mm. You know, I like to see the New York teams competing. I like to see teams who have, you know, who haven't really had the luck or the consistency to be up at the top challenge these top teams, and particularly a team like the Jets in New York. 
And then lastly, really quick, Brian, what's the pulse of the locker room right now? I know obviously Tuesday is a, is a player's day off, yeah. I think, right, for them. So, But just in terms of your overall sense, I saw some of the local reporters tweeting that, you know, they had a sense it was going to impact the locker room right now. What, what's just your overall sense? Yeah, it wasn't good post-game, Josina. Like, mm. there was a lot of frustration. It was palpable. There was guys who didn't want to talk. Garrett Wilson, the rookie wide receiver, really just went off, said mm. sorry. The offense was sorry, and he's sick of it, and – Mm. He, he was pretty vocal. So there, there, it was it was rough post-game. Now, as you guys know, it's a long time from Sunday to Wednesday, right? Things will change. Mm -hmm. I have I don't think this is going to rip the team apart. I thought Salah did a good job of just yeah. sending that message that, hey, we're, we're looking at everything. We got to get this fixed. He acknowledged it. He didn't pretend like this wasn't a problem. So I think they'll be able to pull together when, when they get back together Wednesday. And I do think these guys are rooting for Zach Wilson to do well, right? They, they want, they, they need him to do well to, to win. So I don't think they're against them. And, you know, the answer, uh, I thought, you know, you guys hit, hit Brian hit on something interesting with the, with the answer to that question by Zach. I don't think he believes that. I don't think he wanted to admit it to the media. I don't think he likes us very much. <laughs> so uh, it's fine. You don't have to like us, but you have to remember when you're talking to us, right. they hear it. Teammates. Yeah. And so I think he was like, I'm not going to tell this reporter that, that I, I take any, that I'm, I'm to blame here. Like the hell every audience. What, is this guy, what does this guy know? He doesn't know anything. Not yeah. realizing like, Hey, you're talking to your teammates right now. So that's that was was the crux of that answer. And I think, and again, like I say, I'm not in the locker room every day. I'm not in the practices. And I think it's, you know, listen, he's still a young kid. You know, it's not, shouldn't be the end of it. You know, he should be able to come back from this. And, um, you know, like I say, I, I, I root for teams. I like to see it. It, make it, it makes it interesting to see, you know, young teams, young players come in and make a splash. And I, I, I like what the Jets are doing. Well, Brian, listen, we appreciate you jumping in on the crew. First time into the crew crib talking about <laughs> what's going on with the Jets, Zach Wilson and all. Hopefully it won't be any more dramatics for you, although I know it's been, at least the team is doing better. You've been toiling yes. around with the New York teams, doing awful. At least, you know, uh, Brian Dayball and Robert Sala have, you know, brought some excitement back to the area. So Love we that. appreciate having you on. Thanks for filling us in. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Take All care. right, thank yeah. you. We appreciate that. And up next on the other side for Crew Huddle, we got KJ Wright and also mm. DMAC to talk about what is going on with Russell Wilson and also the Broncos. So let's go to Crew Huddle. Well, look at, look at, look at who is there. We got DMAC and also former NFL linebacker KJ Wright, who needs to take KJ. his uh, thing off mute because right now, KJ, you're on mute. So unmute yourself because I see it right now. But DMAC, we're going to say what's up to you real quick. What's going on? I can't believe you even want to talk about the Denver Broncos. What's good, Joe? <laughs> well, yes. it's, a, it's a lot of. Hey, listen, it's a headline <laughs> when you're doing good and it's a headline when you're not doing well. And KJ, what's going on, KJ? Hey. Let, let's make sure we talk some Seahawks football too. A lot of people <laughs> down me earlier in the year. Yes, we'll we, will, we, will, we, will, well. we will contrast yeah. both. We'll talk both. KJ, yes. say hello to uh, Brian Arlacker. What's up, KJ? Yeah. What's up, Legend? How you doing, man? Great. Good to see you, man. <laughs> so, good morning, Morris. Good morning, good morning, good morning KJ. 
Good, good, good. Yes, yes, yes. So um, first of all, I just want to just get your overall impression, KJ, of how things are going with your former quarterback, Russell Wilson, in Denver. Right now, the team uh, mm -hmm. is struggling at 3-7. and seven. They recently just lost 22-16 to 16 in overtime to the Raiders. Uh, he has a career low in completion percentage right now, 59%, seven touchdowns to five interceptions. Really quickly, off the top, your impression of how it's mm -hmm. going. <laughs> Well, let's just rewind a little bit. Okay. <laughs> when it when the trade first happened, yeah, the entire city of Seattle was just devastated. It was like John Snyder, what are you doing, Pete Carroll? You should have been the one that left, not Russell Wilson. Ooh. And you fast forward eleven weeks, they are thanking, they are <laughs> they are thanking John and Pete for making probably one of the greatest steals when it comes to trade wise in NFL history. And when mm. I look at my guy, Russ, I've never, pers I played with him my whole career. I've never seen him look like this. And I was saying, okay, it's the beginning of the season, new coach, new system. My guy will figure it out. But you keep fast forwarding and each and every week is the same unfortunate results. And so when I just look at Russ throughout his history, he's always the guy to get outside the pocket, make those deep throws down the field. He can beat you inside the pocket, but his greatest strengths is getting out looking downfield and just bombing it down he's just they're simply not putting them in position to be successful and so you look at the dynamic between him and hackett right now it's not gelling well so we got to see how they finish the rest of the season to see where they go now to that to that kj and i, I have a question and mm. and and i hope i'm not putting you on the spot with this question if you don't want to answer it just say no comment okay you will you no, will seriously okay cool so <laughs> as a fan of just overall football i mean i'm a I, i'm the biggest nfl loser because i watch football all day on sundays don't do anything else as a fan watching russell wilson throughout the years he always appeared to me to be the ultimate leader always saying the right things always doing the right things making the right plays at the right time however there were a couple of comments by a couple of former teammates mm. on, on some shows that they had to go through his assistant or go through someone else even just to talk mm. to him. Is that what you experienced? Was that, and you can just say no comment or whatever you want to say. I, I don't want to put you on the spot with that. But was that comment? <laughs> you, you, put, you put me on the spot. You put okay, me on the spot. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, no, no. There, there's no such thing as like the perfect teammate or always doing the right thing. There's no such thing as that. And I believe when Russ portrayed himself, he came off like that, like, you know, say the right thing, do the right thing. And I believe that people are over the time, they just want to just see your heart. They just want to know who you are, just the authentic Russell Wilson. And I believe that he that he just put on this, you know, I'm not going to say facade, but he just put on this image in front of the media. It was like, say the right thing, do the right thing. And we all know that's not the truth. And so um, when they're going through the assistance and all that, he's a businessman. The man's a businessman. He's a multi-millionaire. He wants to keep things in place. I get it, yeah. And so when it comes to your boys, and, and when it listen, comes to your and, boys. And sometimes, listen, there's a, there's a lot going on. See, a lot of times people feel like, they see you guys out there battling on Sundays as if you go into, you practice and then you go into a closet. Like you don't have lives, like you don't have pressures, you don't have stress. Yeah. And sometimes to manage that, you need you need to have systems. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not about managing life and you have to compartmentalize between football and life. Brian Erlacher, did any of your teammates go through an assistant to talk to you? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't have an assistant. I have an assistant now, my wife. <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I didn't have a system when I played. They could always just talk directly to me. 
or ask me to come to their events or uh, just text me or call me. You know, I didn't have any, there was no go between person for me. But I'm not as big as Russell Wilson. You know, I'm not, I wasn't a Super Bowl winning quarterback either. You know, <laughs> it's, you know, and, and listen, it's, it, and Josina, it's different. I mean, different people respond to different things differently. I've never had an assistant, but I'm somewhat of a, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a recluse. I stay at home all the time. Oh, That's God. how I deal with certain things. But let's get to our other guests. No, please. Yeah, D-Mac, what, what, what's the pulsing in Denver right now? Uh, no, yeah. keep talking. No, 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 he gave a no. play calling before the game, and then y'all end up losing to the Raiders. Anyways, people are talking about it, that he should be one and done right now. So where where are we? We have the head coach yesterday in his press conference who gave up the play calling duties, who literally said, I didn't know what to do on the sideline. And then he said, I did a good job firing up the crowd. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, we are a mess. <laughs> we, 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 we could we convince Russell Wilson to put a wristband on for the first time in a decade. We 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 gave away the play calling duties not to our offensive coordinator. No, you, you understand what happened here. We didn't give the play calling duties to our offensive coordinator. We gave them to our quarterbacks coach. We we skipped over our offensive coordinator to give it to Clint Kubiak. It's a disaster here. Disaster. Yeah. In terms of Russ, he was all right, but shouldn't a guy who's played for 11 years and makes $50 million this year, a quarter of a billion over the next seven years, know on third and 10 with a minute 43 and the team not having a timeout, you don't throw the ball out of bounds? I mean, mm -hmm. don't don't we have a guy who knows he got to go down? We are a mess here in Denver. The best thing we have is our defense, <laughs> and they choked. They gave up points to the Raiders at the end of regulation. And in two plays, two plays. Whoa, 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 whoa. for a touchdown to lose. We are a disaster in Denver. Go ahead, KJ. I have a question for, I got a question for D-Mac. Go ahead, KJ. These owners are going to get enough of just going out, find the best play caller, the most high-flying offense. Enough is enough. When it comes to hiring a head coach, you got to hire a guy that can lead men, that can grow and develop football players. Stop going out just getting a guy that can get on the microphone and headset and call a good plays. You need guys that can manage the game mm. when it comes to leading a football team. I'm sick and tired of it. It's been annoying. Like, you're just looking at a guy. Who am I going to get? Nathaniel Hackett. When you was in the interview process, did you did you see what he was made of when it comes to substance? Did you see? Did you ask him what it comes AJ. to when it comes to managing the game? I'm sick and tired of it, man. Hire leaders keep it, when hey, it comes to head coaches. We gonna keep it real here? Are we gonna keep it real? Let's keep it <laughs> real. Daniel Hackett was hired as bait. He was hired as bait for Aaron Rodgers. Let's right. keep it real. Yeah. Right. Hey, what's what's Russell what's that Wilson. old saying? What's that old saying? Don't count your eggs before they hatch. You can't catch <laughs> it before they hatch. If you right. don't got Aaron, you can't hire the head coach to get him. Well, with, with, in which, in fair, which in all fairness, and D-Mac, I'm going to come back to you, which, which in all fairness, you know, we've already seen what Russell can do. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. He actually should have won two. So, you know, you can see within a structure and within a system, he's a very productive quarterback. So I think KJ is right. You know, I don't think they have the right leadership there. But here's my question to you, D-Mac. Mm. Yes, sir. I understand that, you know, 
the 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 uh, the ownership has changed. It's changing there in 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 Denver. Have there been any um Have there been anybody just hanging around? There has been has ownership been involved? Have ownership been there? What What's happening with the new ownership? Have they had a Have you felt their presence? Yeah, you realize the real owner Rob Walton called Roger Goodell Roger Goodell at the uh, opening press oh. conference. They Did know really? how to run Walmart. We have no idea if they know how to oh, run a football. Their wow. first move, their first move <laughs> was to give Russell Wilson a guaranteed contract when he had two years left. They didn't have to do a deal this year. And instead they backed up the Brinks truck and gave him all sorts of money, which ties them into Russ for, for a good chunk of time. That's the first thing they've done. That's the only thing we've done. We have no idea. And by the way, it's uh, Rob Walton owns the team, okay? But his son-in-law, Greg Penner, uh, he really runs the team. And his wife, Carrie Walton, is Rob Walton's daughter, and she's involved too. But it's really Greg Penner that's running things. And it's a, it's a very valid question because we have no clue what they're going to do. No coach has ever been as fired as quickly, one and done, where we are with Coach Hackett right now. You understand that, right? It's it happened in Arizona. Couple, it happened in Arizona a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, Coach well, Wilkes. Yeah. Well, Wilkes. How how long did Wilkes take? It took the whole year. They're talking about firing Hackett today. We were all amazed yeah. in Denver yesterday. He had a press conference. Well, is that? But hold on, D. Hold on, D. Matt. Is that a bad thing? Look, if you know that it's not working out, you brought somebody in as bait, and you know that's not the answer. What's wrong with letting it go right now? Why is it always the coach's fault? Why can't the players take some accountability on how bad they're playing? I don't understand. I'm sorry, Morris. I don't I don't like the, the coaches being blamed for every damn thing that goes wrong with these teams because the players are out there play I know that they call the plays and this and that, but the players have to execute whatever play is called or offense, defense, whatever you want to call it. They need to make plays. They're making a lot of money to go out there and make plays. And they got some big name players in that team as well. I know they have injuries. Everyone in the NFL has injuries. Find a way to win games and quit blaming your damn coaches. For losing games because it's not their fault. Well, See, Brian, it, Brian, you're absolutely correct. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hold Russ, up. Russ, Russ hold is leading. Hold hey, up. It's, real it's, quick. It's, Russ is leading. Right, right. plays on the field. It. He is. Go ahead. No, no. Finish what you say, D-Man. I'm just saying, Brian Erlacher, shocking. He's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the players I'll are never leading. hear that. Russ, Russ is leaving all. He's Brian. He's leaving all sorts of plays on the field. And that's being that's being objective, okay? Just go yeah. back and watch the film, which we've done. Well, I'm not blaming Russ, just just Russ. I'm saying it's a team thing. The players have to play together to win the game. You can't just blame the coach for everything that goes bad. I get tired of hearing it all the time. Oh, fire the coach. They'd be they'd be really good. We've had like four coaches in Chicago in the last ten years, and how good are we? Well, listen, listen. We get back to something in Denver, and here's here's the big question you. I've asked: Would you rather have Patrick Sertan or Justin Fields? Because Patrick Sertan, dude, is awesome. Years. I don't you think like D-Mac agrees with that, Erlacher. I don't oh. think D-Mac agrees with that. Well, they got you Russell Wilson, Justin so it's a, it's a moot point. They got Russell Wilson. D-Mac, yeah, you'd rather but, have Justin Fields? Oh, he's going back to draft stuff now. I'm, I got kicked off again. No, no, you're, no, you're good. You're no, good. No, you're good. Wait, D-Mac, so wait, D-Mac, which, which one do you prefer? Who wants Fields? <laughs> Justin Fields! Listen, we already went through this. We took Bradley Chubb, who's a great player, okay? I love Bradley Chubb. But well, we took Bradley Chubb in Denver over Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Rosen. So, you know, we only had a 66% chance of getting it right. Then three years later, when we still don't have a quarterback, and KJ, I know you love looking at Drew Locke as a backup. I know that's amazing. But we decided to go with Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> and Drew Locke and draft a great corner, a great corner. 
But Devontae Adams said he's not there yet. He's right. And we pass on Justin Fields, who I think is going to be a superstar in this league. So we screwed it up from the start. I get it. If, 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 wow. if Russell Wilson worked out, it'd be awesome. You'd have Patrick Sertan and Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson is a shadow of his former self, Lord. unfortunately. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, well, I got we, to ask you. Last comment, hey. last comment. Get in there. Go ahead. Okay. Come, well, KJ has something, too. I don't want to step on right, the seat. You got something, KJ? Or you want me to? Go this show, this your show, this your okay. show. Okay. okay, first of all, yeah. So back, we, back to Erlacher. Uh, back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Get KJ. Go ahead. Back to what Erlacher said. Back yeah. to what Erlacher said. I want everyone to look at teams. Teams are one from the top down. It comes to management, coaches, players, and when it comes to coaches, coaches' responsibility is to put the players in a position to be successful. That is what a coach's job is. And if you are not doing that, when I look at this Broncos offense, he is not putting this offense in a position mm. to be successful. The quarterback mm. is the most important person on the football field. Use his strengths. If I see another 50 yard, 50 games where he's dropping back, passing the ball, that's a problem. You cannot mm. win like that with him at quarterback. Find ways to put him in position, get Jerry Judy downfield, Cortland Sutton growing across the field to make sure they be the explosive offense that they can be. I think, and listen, I, I actually agree with both of you guys. I think a lot of the times, I think from, from what I hear from Brian, from what I, I feel as well, that sometimes the players, they just want to blame it on the coach without taking any personal responsibility. I think, as with anything, you should always put the responsibility on your first, on your plate, on your on yourself first. So I definitely mm -hmm. agree with B on that. But I definitely agree with you, KJ, is that it's a, it's a combination. The, the football is the most synchronized sport in the world. Not only do you have 11 guys, if one guy of the 11 guy messes up, the whole play is just done. So not only do you have that, but you have to have these coaches in a chess match. We're not playing checkers. We're playing chess <laughs> out there, you know, against the other side. So it's a combination of both. Okay, but okay. Got, oh, no, I got one more thing for D-Mac. No, no, no. We, got, we have to move on. We got people okay, waiting. all right, all right. Cool. Hey, listen, uh, listen, listen, listen. Call yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all can talk, jump on this show, whatever. But as you know, we are a couple days away from Thanksgiving, and I always come through with the Thanksgiving surprise. And I just want to say before we move on to that, Brian Erlach, I appreciate you because you are on the show every time last year. You come on, I appreciate you. You're such a good person, but we'll get into Thank all you. of that. We got people waiting right. on the other side. Perfect Remember, day. you can always download it. and subscribe to the crew. Make sure you support the show. But with that, we are going to move on to Crew Live. Well, look who it is. Oh, I it's back in the building yes. in Clarence yes. because it is Thanksgiving. Yes. We got celebrity yes, chef, chef yes. in the good. building to let good. us know what he is. Whoa, <laughs> he's, there, he's, at the bottom. he's there. What's up, Chef Jeff? <laughs> What's good? Good. How y'all doing? What's going on in the kitchen? Everybody also say hi to Clarence. Clarence, what are you doing? What Clarence? Crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy. Hey, I'm trying to show. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Cowboys. in the Cowboys. I'm showing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm showing some some memorabilia. I'm showing some memorabilia off here. Oh, is that, is that for, for the Eagle fans? For the Eagle fans. 
Wow, Claire, Claire, did you go back? Did you go back thirty years, or is that is that recent memory? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want those do it, Claire. You had to come ring up on Eagles now. I want to do it. You forced me into that one. Hey, listen, hey, listen, Chef Cav, what you got cooking this Thanksgiving? Last time you were showing us how to make the turkey succulent, because you know uh, Morris always be on the air fryer. So what you got going on? So today I'm making the, the, the unhealthy yams. I'm, I'm making some oh, yams. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, okay, okay. And I got at least three or four families I'm cooking for this year. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to pace myself because okay. I still got to cook for my family too. Okay. So the, first, the first thing we're doing with the yams is we're going to put a whole stick of butter in there, Morris. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> is that how you like it, Brian? Is, is that enough butter for you? Yes. It's plenty. More. I love I love butter, but is that light butter? Can we go light? <laughs> <laughs> no, I need some sugar. I need some brown sugar. Oh, I need brown sugar. I need some brown sugar in there. We already know we're doing that. Okay, so, you got the brown I need sugar. Some sugar. So, so once the butter, sweet. they gotta be sweet. So once that butter melts, that's yeah. when you add in all the sugar. So I add like. This is about a half cup right here. Good wow. lord. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A, a bag of diet. Yes. I had some yeah. white sugar. Some white oh sugar. Yes. Yes. Some white sugar. Yeah, right we right. know. Okay. <laughs> right. Hold on there. We got we got some yes. nutmeg. What's nutmeg. that? Nutmeg. Yes. Nutmeg. nutmeg. Okay. Okay. All right. Now we got some cinnamon. Cinnamon. Yes. Okay. And here's my I'm here's my hungry. Here's my secret, though. Like a lot of people don't know about this. This is ground ginger. Oh, ground ginger. A little spike. Yeah. I'm a really a little spike in it a little bit. Yeah, a little spike. So this is what you add. Just next. a pinch. You put the just a pinch. You put, you put it in a little bit of vanilla. Vanilla. Oh, I thought that was Hennessy. Okay. Oh, you can do bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what the secret sauce was. I didn't know. You can do bourbon if you want to. Hey, look. So here's here's my number one secret for this recipe. I swear nobody knows this, but it literally changes the whole complexity of it. Orange juice. Guaranteed. Oh, oh no, no, you have to right? wow. the OJ. Yeah. You have to the yeah. OJ. So, Did that yeah. Okay. 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 I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I add the orange juice okay. because it adds a little bit of acidity, and it's fruity and it's nice and sweet. So you got the the freshness of the orange mm. juice, the vanilla, the brown sugar, the butter. You oh. add all that in, I guarantee you it's, it's a game changer. Now, weren't you supposed to be okay. inviting us over? Because uh, what are we talking about last year, Brian? Who was supposed to be organizing that? Somebody oh, was supposed to be DA was competing with him while cooking. He was trying to compete. So, Morris, you was, you, you, was, you was actually uh, filming in North Carolina. Same state. I was. Supposed to be, you were supposed to be holding a Friendsgiving or something, man. Friendsgiving. Where do we go after we put the OJ in there? Where do we go after that? So, look, I'm just going to let this reduce. And basically, that's just turning it to a nice little syrup. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Higher, higher, without burning yourself. More, more higher. There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. So you let that syrup sit in there, and then we're gonna so add that that syrup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Syrup. All right, okay. So you take you take that and put that over the already oh. cut. Oh, look, KJ, why your face looking like? Is that too, is that too much sugar for you? Dude. Nah, he, he the man. He know what he doing. He, he know what he doing. Hey, listen. I bet you. I bet you. He pull up to the dinner. He be like, "Hey, man, put, put it hey, up high so we can see." Yeah. Oh, man. But we got to finish the recipe now. We got so we put that. So you put that in the oven for how long? 
So literally, I'm gonna put this in the oven for like 30 to 45 minutes max. You don't okay. want it to be mushy. You, you want it to still be crunchy, but not like to the point where you can hear the crunch. This needs to be nice and soft. We talking about 350, 375, 400? Where we at with it? 375. 375, okay. Yep. And because of, is there anything after we pull it out? Anything else, any finishing touch on there? So if you like the marshmallows, I'm kind of old no. school. I don't really want the marshmallows on my yams. No. Just pull it out and heat to serve. It's, it's pretty much ready to go after that. Perfect. But Perfect. the good thing that I'm doing is I have like a timeline and this would be helpful for people. What you guys see this is my wow. hand Professional. So on Mondays, I shop and chop. Okay. Tuesdays, <laughs> I, I, I make, but I don't bake. Okay. Oh, then I, okay. I put it all in the in the refrigerator. Then on Wednesday, I kind of brine the turkey, get the pies ready, and then on yeah. Thursday, it's, it's time to eat. Time. It's time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. 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 So, anything else on? on I mean, I know you can't show us up because we got to get ready to wrap up the show. But is there anything else uh, that you specially have on the menu? Yes, so I'm doing some jerk oxtails. Jerk oxtail. Okay. They're marinating right now, so I got the yeah. jerk. Yeah. And I'm gonna smoke those first and then finish them off in the oven. So it's gonna be a totally different texture than what you've had. Hey, what what, what, what is what? Go ahead, KJ. What about the dessert? All right, so what, I'm doing a, for the dessert? a five flavor pound cake. Uh, and I'm also doing a, right. uh, a sweet potato pie. You know, you gotta have a sweet potato pie. Man, you got a five flavored pound yeah. cake? Yeah. yeah. Five flavors? <laughs> so look, rum, right. lemon, butter, uh, what'd I say, five? Uh, rum, lemon, butter. <laughs> it's vanilla? Two other, it's two, vanilla, yes. Vanilla? It's yeah. like, yes, rum, okay. lemon. Why you frowning, Morris? Morris, why you frowning? I gotta get that recipe. Oh, I can send you that recipe. It's my grandmother's yeah, recipe. Yeah. Let me get that. My I know you're about 15 on Thanksgiving alone, so. <laughs> yep. so well, you know, you know, I, you know, food is good when, when people make it. What'd you say, Clarence? You know, food is good when people make it ugly. You know, food is good when people make the ugly face. Morris is making yeah. an ugly frown face. Well, listen, really quickly. Hey, like, like, what, like, uh, uh, what were you saying? I say, hey, forget about let Russ cook. Let Kev cook. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, That's you don't know nothing about no yams, do you? Yeah, you yams? You don't know about yams in, Calif in Cal Colorado? No, 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 we have no yams in Colorado. <laughs> 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 well, listen here, well, hopefully, hopefully there's no no breaking news going on in, in Denver today, kind of ruining the Thanksgiving spirit up there. I did want to say this really quickly about uh, Nathaniel Hacker. I don't know what is going to happen, but I do know when I met him for the first time at the owners' meetings in uh in uh, Florida or what have you. He came up to me, had some nice things to say, just about, you know, my tenure as a journalist right off the bat without even knowing him or a candidate. So I, I know that deep down he's a very uh, nice person and it's unfortunate that, you know, especially that first game uh, went bad for him and it's kind of been snowballing from there. So we'll see what happens really quickly. Can everybody say, Clarence, we're gonna start with you. And, and, and I don't know if you're gonna say something fresh to Morris, but can you say what you're thankful for yeah. quickly, go. <laughs> I'm always thankful for my family and my kids and, and, and my dad and, and my, my 
my family's gonna be with me for Thanksgiving. I'm organizing the Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not cooking. I got one of my friends cooking. I'm, I'm getting it catered in, but but we're all gonna be together. And so uh, that's first and foremost what I'm thankful for. Brian, what are you thankful for? Exact same thing, Clarence said. My family, my kids, uh, my, my family will be with me on Thanksgiving as well. My wife is cooking, not me. I'll be sitting on my butt watching football. But I am super uh, grateful for them. I'm very fortunate to have three awesome kids and uh, and a great family around me. Okay, and Chef Cab, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my family, uh, my, my, my beautiful sons, <coughs> my wife, and just being able to have, you know, a business where I could help others and impact others and love what I do. That's what I'm thankful mm -hmm. for. And KJ, what are you thankful for? Thankful for my wife, thankful for my kids, thankful for my family back in Mississippi. And uh, this is my first year without football. I'm just so thankful for a peace of mind that I got out mm -hmm. healthy. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. DMAC. I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for John Schneider. When they robbed us in Denver, they didn't steal my car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Amores. Well, listen, I'm, I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for health. And all of us being healthy, me being healthy, family being healthy, health is wealth. That's really most important because none of this means nothing if we're all not healthy. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for this five favorite, favorite pound cake I'm about to get. Um, I'm thankful for my Eagles. Uh, being eight one seven for a showdown. What I'm not thankful for, I'm not thankful for Clarence being at the damn Dallas Cowboy facility, especially with a Texas Longhorns shirt on. You need to represent the squad. I'm not thankful for D-Max talking about Justin Fields, who's going through his last three games over hey, Russell Wilson. Hey. What are you talking about, <laughs> Justin Fields, I know he has talent. He's coming to my home. Trophies. Morris. I'm Morris. I'm Morris, 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 how many, you know, how many trophies do you got? He's trying to show you the trophies, Morris. He's trying to show you the trophies, Morris. Oh, 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 how many Eagles got? I had hair the last time they won one. <laughs> <laughs> I had hair. I had a jerk the last time they won a trophy. Michael. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey Morris, let me, look. Let me show you the rings. The Chiefs will see the Eagles in the Super Bowl, just letting y'all know that. Okay. Oh, okay. I like that position. Just letting you know. I'm making that right now. I like that position. Okay, well, I just really quickly want to say I'm thankful for family and all that other stuff. I'm thankful for all of you who always uh, come on and be good people and show energy. I love all of you all, and I'm very thankful to not be receiving another 5 a.m. notification on my phone of Clarence Hill saying that the Eagles are on borrowed time, waking up everybody <laughs> on Twitter, making the tweet viral because he at 5 a.m. is thinking about the Eagles did I lie? and should be thinking about the Cowboys. Clarence, did, did and it's all Right. And if just hey, if Jeff Saturday could coach on Sunday, they, if Jeff, if Jeff okay. Saturday could coach on Sunday, it would be two losses. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks for coming on. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We are here. Bye.